0: Hello and welcome to The Believer's Guide to Christianity, Session 5. Today we're going to be looking at your heavenly language. And we're going to start with the Holy Spirit in you, okay, and that He is in you. You should see this pamphlet on your screen. Hallelujah. Firstly, you need to know that the moment that you were saved, that you did receive the Holy Spirit and the ability to speak in other tongues. I will give you scripture for everything that I say, okay? Because I know a lot of people have different ideas about this. So I will show you scriptures as we go. In fact, it is this same Holy Spirit that lets you know that you are, in fact, God's own child. All right? And that's brought out in the book of Romans. This was Paul writing to the church at Rome. And he says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. A lot of times people are going, well, how do I know? It's not something in your head, it's something in your heart. It's something on the inside that lets you know. And that something on the inside is the Holy Spirit. And so you need to know that He has been communicating with you. The moment you got saved, He started talking to you. And He's been there ever since. Hallelujah. My job is to let you know He's there. All right, so (laughs) added to this, Jesus also tells us in the Gospel of John, that it is the Holy Spirit that will be with us on a daily basis to help us with all the difficulties in our life. Now, he says there in John chapter 14, I'll be reading two verses, verses 16 and 17. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. That word is also tr- uh, translated comforter, helper, strengthener, and teacher. So that's who you get a counselor, a comforter, a helper. A strengthener, some days we just need strength, don't we? <laughs> Amen. And a teacher who will never leave you. Verse 17, I'm going to read the first and the last part. He says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. He lives with you now and later will be in you. Remember, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. Okay? So he's saying, He's with you right now, but He's going to be in you. Okay? And that certainly happened when Jesus went to the cross and then rose from the dead and opened the door for God to come and live on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Now, remember again, that was brought out in a scripture we looked at before in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Remember the apostle Paul says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? And he says, and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. So it was a fact, as far as it was concerned, you got saved, you are God's temple now, and the Spirit of God lives in you. You're not an empty temple. No. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> okay, amen? All right. Now as to the fact that you were filled with the Holy Spirit the moment you were saved, we see clear evidence of this as reported in what Luke wrote in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Verse 45, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Verse 46, for they, the Jews, heard them, the Gentiles, speak with tongues and magnify God. I want you to notice what is conspicuous by its absence. Nobody laid hands on anybody. They just heard the word of God preached, received what was said, and were immediately filled with the Spirit. So again, we see from this that the Holy Spirit need not be a separate gift to salvation, but can be received at the same time. Added to what we've seen, there's also the letter uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman Church, where he said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, he says, those who do not have the Holy Spirit of Christ, or the Spirit of Christ, he says, which is the Holy Spirit, living in them, are not Christians at all. Do you understand the significance of what he says there? He's saying, listen, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. That's right. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're a Christian. <laughs> okay, they go hand in hand. It's like the water and the wet. That's right. Again, <laughs> this shows us that you did receive the Holy Spirit the moment you received Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, having said that, of course... There is nothing wrong with praying for the Holy Spirit at a separate time, because we're going to do that today, all right? Many have done so, and there's scripture for it. Now, I'm going to be reading a couple of scriptures. First, in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, I'll begin in verse 14, read through to verse 17. This is where Luke writes again. He says, Now, when, beginning in verse 14, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. This is a big deal, by the way, okay? You know, the Jews and Samaritans. (laughs) Anyway, verse 15. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So I want you to notice there, they laid hands on them, and then they received the Holy Spirit. So there is scripture for that. I want to also take you to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. It says, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, verse 2, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I want you to notice the apostle Paul, man. I mean, he goes straight to it. That's right. Okay? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They go, Who's that? (laughs) All right? Verse 3. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Verse 4, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. I want you to notice something, that Paul didn't say, oh, you water baptized, that's enough. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I want you to notice in two verses, they were saved and they were filled. Did you see that? Verse five, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Okay. Verse six, Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I told you the prophecy thing happens. All right. And it says in verse seven, now the men were about 12 in all. So there were about 12 people all at once. Got it? Hallelujah. So all this shows that there's nothing wrong with having hands laid on you and receiving the Holy Spirit as a separate gift to salvation. However, it does not have to be a separate experience. Are you here? Amen? Especially in the light of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, where it says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's no question that one immediately follows the other and can and should be received at the same time. Now, the next thing you need to know is that it is the Holy Spirit in you that gives you the power to do God's will. This is the reason why you need this. There are several scriptures that bring this out. First there is Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where Jesus says, now watch, this is Jesus speaking. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Notice again, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive what? Power. Not a lot of words. See, this is a gospel of power. This is not a gospel of, let me see if I can persuade you. This is a power gospel. If this stuff isn't working, why, you know, why do any of it? You know what I'm trying to say? All right? That's why you don't change religions. Religion is one thing, and dear God, we don't want religion. Okay? What we want is God. What we want is his power in our lives. What we want is a relationship. We want to be talking to someone that's alive, not a piece of wood or something. It's carved out really nicely. Okay, but it's still, you know, wood, stone, whatever, okay? I used to have those things in my... uh, Never mind, we won't go there. All right, so... (laughs) Now, this is the same power that Jesus operated in and what made his ministry so extraordinary. And there's also a reason why he wants us to have it. Amen? It says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Notice every single one. Why could he do this? Because of the power. Amen? And it says, for God was with him. All his disciples operated in this power, and so did the Apostle Paul, who writes to the Roman church and says in Romans chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, he says, I have brought the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I lived before them. Watch verse 19. I have won them over by the miracles done through me as signs from God, all by the power of God's Spirit. So this is what it means to have the power of God and to be able to do His will. Amen? Amen. See, God doesn't, doesn't ask you to do something that He doesn't first empower you to do. Now, it takes time to grow in these things. It takes time to walk in the power of the Spirit. It's not an instantaneous thing. But it is something that we work at. Amen? All right, now with the Holy Spirit living in you, you not only have all this incredible power available to you, but God can now help you pray the perfect prayer as well. Hallelujah. Now, that's broader than what the Apostle Paul writes in his letter to the Roman church. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, this verse is a little bit hard to understand in English because it almost seems like the Holy Spirit does everything. But when you read into the original, there's a lot more in it. That's why I say, please be careful. Don't make doctrines out of the English translations. Okay? Just be careful. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. So I'm going to add a few things to this so that you can understand what is actually being said. All right? All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us from deep within us, since we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, with groanings that proceed from us which cannot be uttered, in articulate speech is what it means. That's languages others can understand, yeah. all right? So it, it comes out in a way that people can't understand. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, that is really key. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're praying according to the will of God. Sometimes you have no idea what you need. That's right. yes. Amen. Amen. You know, <laughs> I'll give you a funny example. You know, it's, it's like the guy that says, I'm praying and praying for money and I keep getting jobs. <laughs> Hello, wake up, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know, see, this is a thing again. You know, pe- people just think, oh, no, I need this. No, you need this. Mm. This will get you that. Yeah. And this will keep that coming. That's right. Amen? All right. <laughs> So I've said here again, this scripture, though a little hard to understand in the English translations, lets us know that when we don't know what, we, what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit begins to enable us on the inside to pray what needs to be prayed. It will go well beyond our understanding and sometimes even beyond our natural language and why it often needs to be prayed in the Spirit and in tongues. Did you get all that? Amen. All right. Also, according to this scripture... This prayer will be exactly what needs to be prayed that is in perfect harmony with the will of God. Now, this is especially important because of what the Apostle John says in his first letter to the church in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And he says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. This is the NIV. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Did you get that? All right, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know. We don't hope, we don't guess. We know that we have what we've asked of him. Amen? So that's the importance of praying according to God's will. When you pray according to God's will, he hears you. If he hears you, then you can have it. (laughs) Okay, amen. All right, next, you are able to strengthen yourself. This is a powerful thing. Beyond praying the perfect will of God, you can use your heavenly language to actually strengthen yourself. Now, that's it in what the Apostle Jude writes in his letter. Now, that, that's only a single chapter, okay? So, there's no chapter one, chapter two. It's just verse, okay? So, it's in verse 20 where he writes, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. He tells us that we can build ourselves up. In our most holy faith. Why is that so important? Because without faith it is impossible to please God. And without faith you will not be rewarded. Because, you know, whoever comes to him must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jesus said, if you say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into,' Shall not doubt in heart, but shall believe. There's your faith. Huh? What you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. And then he goes into prayer and says, same thing. Amen. When you pray, you need to believe. That's when things happen. Hallelujah. Now, this is especially helpful when you feel tired and run down in the spirit. Who can relate? Okay. <laughs> and need God's supernatural strength to help fight the good fight of faith. You know, that's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. All right. We've been looking at that in the faith course. This is the kind of strength that the Apostle Paul talks about when he says in Ephesians... Chapter 6 and verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not yours, yeah. His. You know, so much of the time, that's what we need. We need to tap in to God's, not just power, but His might. Oh, hallelujah. That is, that is extraordinary because some days family I mean everything is coming against you and you just you know you just need all of God hallelujah it's a strength that is supernatural and which allows you to do what he says next in the verses to follow and that is to put on the whole armor of God amen and defeat the enemy with it but it all starts here as you begin to learn to pray in tongues strengthen yourself in your most holy faith, which Jesus says will move mountains. Amen? All the mountains in your life. That's again Mark eleven twenty-three. Now, next thing. You won't understand your prayer, but God will. This is important for you to know. When it comes to praying in tongues, one of the greatest criticisms, which is also one of its greatest strengths, is the fact that you won't understand exactly what you're praying. You may get a sense of what's going on, but can I say this to you? Don't blab. You know, the enemy doesn't know what you're saying until you, until you translate in English. Did you hear what I said? So this is something that if you know something, keep it to yourself. It's God speaking to you, you praying to God, and he's communicating to you. And you're in enemy territory right now. So just always assume that your communications are being monitored. Can I say it that way? So don't do dumb things. You can find me, Ed. I would go, oh, aim the rocket there, that's where he is. You know, okay. (sighs) Wise as serpents, harmless as doves, is what Jesus said. Not dumb as donkeys, (laughs) and dead soon after. You know? Okay. All right. (laughs) First Corinthians chapter 14. The two key scriptures that bring this out, the fact that you won't understand, but God will understand everything you say. They're both found in the first letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians. The first is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. And the next will be in verse 14. We'll look at verse 14 first. He says, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. Notice. The first thing he says is, my spirit is praying. Now, your mouth is okay, but it's coming from your spirit. All right? He says, but I don't understand what I am saying. Mm. So you know the mouth is moving, because he is saying something. But his spirit is using his mouth to say something which his mind doesn't understand. Okay. I think there was enough puppetry there to get that one across. Okay. (laughs) The reason he says this is because... He had already explained previously in verse 2, again in First Corinthians 14, this time in verse 2. He says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, does not speak to theologians. I cannot understand this. Nobody can understand this. There's no logic to it. Hello? If you understood it, we're in trouble. Did you hear what I said? Just because you can't understand it, first of all, he tells me you're carnal. That you have to understand everything for it for for you to do something. There are some things you need to receive in the spirit, man. That's called by faith. Okay, you know some people it just doesn't drop. All right, so <laughs> okay. He says, for he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he or she speaks mysteries. Something is going on. Nobody understands what's going on, but something is going on. In the Spirit, you're speaking mysteries. So let me just say this. Some people, they really, really, really try hard to understand what they're saying. Because they don't want to pray when they don't understand what's going on. Can I just say this? Switch your mind off. Just switch, you need to learn to switch it off. There are things that you can do without having to think. God designed you that way, by the way, so that it won't, you know, when you first drive a car, you're so stressed out. You just, you, you know, you have to work out where the boundaries are. You have to, I mean, it's just every bit of concentration is required to take this massive piece of steel. And make sure you don't hit anybody with it, or anybody else's piece of steel with it. Okay, right? I mean, you just got to do. All, you got to think about all of these things. But you know, after a while, it's it becomes second nature to you. You can do the same thing with this. You get to the place where you can actually speak in tongues, pray in tongues, while you're doing other things, because it doesn't need your brain. Did you get it? <laughs> okay. All you need your brain to do is keep it going. Now there'll be times when you 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 sort of phase back in, because God will say, "I need you to." And the more, the better you get at this, the more purposeful you will be. And you might even find that you get another language, a second or third tongue, that will kick in for different things. Okay. Now, don't go looking for two and three when you don't have one, all right? Just get one going, just one, 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 okay? But understand something, just like in the natural. The more languages you can speak, the more you can communicate. So it's also true in the spirit. You get more and more, and, you know, sometimes you get like a battle tongue, which I call, okay? You know that that thing is aimed at (laughs) the devil and demons, and you're you're in fight mode. Other times, you know, you might be praying for somebody's soul or, you know, you, you, I could go on and on and on. But there's, there's a lot to this. All right. So I'm just, I'm just letting you know it's not just a one thing and you're there and you're mindless in your prayer. Because you'll find that there are times when God will say, you need to think about this. You still don't know what you're praying, but you know what's going on. Are you all with me? Okay. You may have trouble speaking in tongues. When you first start, you, like many before you, okay, may have trouble actually speaking in tongues. Don't panic, all right? Just like salvation, learning to speak in your heavenly language requires faith. I said this to you before, all right? It requires faith. Jesus himself assured us that if we ask for the Holy Spirit, the source of our heavenly language, God will give him to us. That's brought out in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, If you then being evil, that is natural and carnal, okay, not just evil, evil, but natural and carnal, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Did you hear that? How much more means that God is waiting to do this? Yeah. Yeah. He wants to do this. You know, sometimes I think the problem we have in receiving the Holy Spirit is that we think that it's something that we got to get in there and we got to pull and yank and just try to get it. <laughs> okay? I, I need you to see it as one of those little bowls. You know how those guys that, that balance bowls? It's on the tip. Any, it, it'll, It's waiting to fall. And as soon as you say, God he goes, yep, yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay, before you finish your sentence. You need to see it that way. If you don't see it that way, then you're going to make it difficult for you to receive. He's already given it. And I should say him. All right? The Holy Spirit is already waiting. We're the ones that hold him up. I've been seeking the Holy Spirit for 20 well he's been right there You didn't need to go looking anywhere you are the temple of the Holy Ghost open your mouth start to say something and if you don't understand it hallelujah I don't know how many times people have said well I started to say something I didn't know what I was saying it was all gibberish so I stopped yeah. wow so I have now educated you what if I get it wrong You probably will. Keep at it. Everything that we do, we fall and we get back up. We fall and we get back up. I will guarantee you, you keep at it. God will make sure that you'll become fluent in it. Hallelujah. Like I said, over time, you might get more than one. All right. (laughs) So, whether you feel like you received anything or not, you are. Spirit-filled, you do have the ability to speak in tongues. Now, God guarantees that in His Word. It is something that you must both surrender to and willfully do. Now, this is where the thing comes in, all right? With regarding to surrendering, okay, and allowing the Holy Spirit to give you the utterance, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, Let the Holy Spirit fill you and control you, all right? This is from the New Living Translation. So I want you to notice, first of all, you need to let Him do something. Okay, another version puts it this way. Ephesians chapter 5, I want to read verses 18 and then into verse 19 this time, okay? He says, be filled. That requires surrendering. God will not fill you with his spirit if you are unwilling. And so the Apostle Paul says again, be filled with the spirit speaking. Now that requires you to do something. So to be filled, you need to surrender, but to speak, you need to do something. Do you see that? So, you need both of these things. You need to surrender and you need to do something. (laughs) All right? All right, because otherwise, some people are surrendering all the time. And other people just want to do their own thing. So, you need to be careful. So, it's up to you to open your mouth and say something that isn't English (laughs) and not some other language. I know some people when we were praying for them, you know, was in this other church, and they start speaking and It's their, their language. They'll just start talking and go, no, no, not that one either. It needs to be something you don't understand. Are you all here? You might get a syllable or just a single phrase. You might say, well, what's the point in repeating that? That's, that's the first thing that will open the door to all the others. God will just get your mouth going and then it will start changing. I found that to be true for myself, you know, um, that it started with a single thing. It was very boring. And then it slowly changed. Now I can't keep up. (laughs) It's just so many changes. All right. This is further confirmed by what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15. And that is, I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. So there was a time when he prayed in the Spirit in tongues, and there was also times when he prayed in English or whatever language he was speaking at the time. All right, So you can pray in both, and understand that both of them require your will. You have to do something. Some people say, well, when God needs me to do it, he'll just move my mouth. (laughs) never gonna happen. Did you hear me? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not gonna force himself on you. You need to invite him in, and then allow him to give you something, and then you do. You surrender. You... Be obedient. Okay. All right. Let me just read this out very quickly. Once you surrender yourself to God and he gives you utterance, it is up to you to, by faith, open your mouth and utter whatever phrases you hear, no matter how silly they may sound. Once you do, you would have begun your journey to speaking in tongues, and it will bless you tremendously. Amen. All right. All right, the last section is practice, practice, practice. I wonder what that's about. (laughs) All right, anywhere, anytime. Now, this is something you just need to do. Uh, In his first letter to the Corinthian church, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 18, he says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, you know, this is a church that prided himself in outdoing each other when it came to spiritual gifts. Oh, you speak in tongues uh, for four hours? Uh, I speak five hours. And somebody goes, well, I speak 12 hours. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? It was kind of like that. And to, to a group like this, the Apostle Paul says, I speak more than all of you. <laughs> okay? Hello? Are you getting this? And so when Paul makes this statement, it is extremely significant, and he speaks to the incredible amount of time he would have been speaking and praying in tongues. It is also the reason why I believe he would end up writing over two thirds of the New Testament, and also what opened the door for him to start so many churches. When you pray in the Spirit, you are praying God's perfect will, and God will give you interpretations as well. And you begin to go beyond your natural abilities in so many areas. That's what's so key about this. Amen? So speaking in tongues is one of the greatest things you have at your disposal. We're coming to the end now. It can be used to strengthen yourself, receive supernatural help from God, and defeat the enemy at every turn. Mm -hmm. Now one last point, that is even though speaking in tongues is like no other language you have ever learned, it does follow one rule of learning a language, and that is the more you do it, the easier it will become. You know, you've got to practice. When you're learning a new language, one of the things you do is you just keep at it. And you might say it wrong, you might pronounce things wrong, but you've just got to keep at it. And the more you speak, the easier it will become. Make it a regular part of your prayer life. The benefits are limitless. Hallelujah. For those who want to receive this precious gift, I want to give you an opportunity right now to do so. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my heart. Lead me, guide me, and fill me with your presence. I will follow your leading and walk in your gifts and manifestations all the days of my life. I also receive the unique language you have for me now and will speak it out as you give me the utterance in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want you to take a moment now and just pray in the Spirit. Okay, just whatever you get. doesn't have to be loud. It can be quiet and under your breath. And I'm going to help you. We're going to take a few minutes and do this. Hallelujah.